Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Mino Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. Now, if you're new here, I'm a high-risk OBGYN. That is something called a maternal fetal medicine specialist, which means that I take care of women who have high-risk issues. Now, some are not that high-risk, meaning they're only high-risk because they're over age 35, which is really not that high of risk. And some have issues that are high-risk because they have a history of a heart attack or heart disease or a stroke or diabetes. So I take care of high risk on the spectrum. So from those that are not that high risk to those that are extremely high risk. And I'm really glad that you tuned into the podcast so you can learn more about those high risk issues and how you can advocate for yourself during pregnancy. Now here I address issues that you send to me via email or social media. And for this time, we're going to talk about stress and how it impacts pregnancy. For a lot of us, life is really lifing right now. You have bills to pay. You have to figure out where this baby is going to sleep means you probably have to move. You have to figure out when to take maternity leave. And if you're going to get paid for said leave, you have to figure out what's going on to keep the baby, who's going to keep the baby once the baby go, once you go back to work, once the baby goes back to work, once you go back to work, which might mean you have to get put on a wait list at a daycare. And then that's just like the normal stuff. Like that's the stuff that everybody has to deal with, right? So that's stress enough. But a ton of us are dealing with things outside of the norm, like family members passing away or being diagnosed with a terminal illness, like being diagnosed with cancer in the pregnancy or heart disease in the pregnancy. Some people have family members that have also been diagnosed with some devastating diseases like cancer. Or you might be finding something out that's going on with your baby or having issues with the relationship with your significant other at the same time. So how does all of this stress impact your pregnancy, right? Many of you have asked a ton of questions about this subject because you really want to know, but there's a lot of data out there, a lot of myths out there. So we're going to sort through all of that. And let me start by saying, breathe. Just take a deep breath, inhale and exhale, because it's absolutely normal to feel a little bit of stress during pregnancy. Pregnancy in itself 
is an anxiety provoking state. And if you've listened to the podcast enough, you know, I've said that sentence specifically time and time again, because it's true. It's a time when you have a tiny human that you're wondering what's going on inside of your little womb and you can't control everything, right? Like you're trying to, especially before you feel movement, you don't know if the baby's okay or not because you can't really feel movement. And so you're paranoid and you're anxious about that. So rest assured, you're completely normal if you find yourself wondering if your baby is doing all right, or if you're one of those people who request an ultrasound to make sure that your baby is okay. That is totally normal. And I have never, ever turned down a patient who requested a quick ultrasound to be reassured that their baby is okay. Completely normal. You are not alone in that. Patients ask all the time. Patients come in worried, thinking something's going on when everything most of the time is perfectly fine. But too much stress can be unma- can unmask a lot of problems, okay? You can have problems with sleeping, you can have headaches, you can have loss of appetite, or it can be on the opposite end. You don't lose your appetite, but you're actually overeating. Now, these things can cause some issues with your pregnancy. So what causes stress during the pregnancy? Well, So when we look at all the things that cause stress in the pregnancy, we know that dealing with the pregnancy issues themselves can cause stress. So dealing with morning sickness, that's stressful. Not knowing if you're going to be able to eat or not, worried about vomiting all day, that's stressful. Dealing with discomforts of pregnancy, you got lower abdominal pain, low back pain. You wonder, is this normal? Is everything okay with the baby? That's stressful. Changes in your hormone level, which can affect your mood, that's that's stressful. Being worried about labor and delivery and how, you know, how this baby is going to come out of the vagina or if you're going to need a C-section, stress. Life events such as illness, you getting divorced or having relationship issues, the death of a family member, all those things are stressful. But we, we got to remember, things that just happen beyond our control are also stressful that have nothing to do with the pregnancy. It has stress on everybody, like natural disasters, like that time, that three years of COVID-19, stress, right? Because you don't know when you're going to get it. You don't know if you get it, if you're going to die. You don't know if you're going to have mild disease or severe disease. If you're pregnant, you don't know if it's going to affect the pregnancy. It was a stressful time. And then you have earthquakes. If you're in Hawaii, you have a major fire. You have hurricane and hurricane seasons. All these things are stressful. Now you have acute stress and you have chronic stress. So acute stress is stress that's like transient, right? So you almost got hit by a car, so you swerved out of the way. So you can feel like the palpitations happen. And you might pull over and you're like, oh my God, I almost got in a wreck. That's acute stress, right? That fight or flight response. The little bitty palpitations you felt because of an emergent situation. Acute stress. Then you have chronic stress, like chronic exposure to racism in America or whatever country that you're in. Hopefully it's not as racist as America, but chronic exposure to racism or a lot of abuse in a longstanding abusive relationship. When We know that pregnancy is the number one time that women experience domestic violence. That is longstanding abuse. Or if you're in an unsafe living environment, like when the when New York had rats running around, that's unsafe, that's unsanitary. When if you don't know where you're gonna lay your head at night because you may lose your house, 
that is unstable, that's high stress. When you have issues with like heating and cooling, that's unsafe. That can be stressful. All those things can cause chronic stress. High levels of stress can actually raise your blood pressure, right? You can feel the palpitation, your heart's racing, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up. Now, if this is sustained, this can cause an increased risk of having a smaller baby. That's data proven, which then increase the chances of you having a preterm birth and delivery. Okay, so small babies have an increased risk of stillbirth. We have to monitor small babies a little bit closer, okay, to make sure that we are testing these babies and we're doing ultrasounds to test these babies to make sure that we are reassured that they are safe. And all small babies, uh, with all small babies, there's a recommendation that they deliver a little bit earlier. So usually between 37 and 39 weeks, as opposed to letting you go all the way to 40 weeks. With us stating the exact timing of delivery, depending on how big or small the baby is, and that testing. So we do what's called a biophysical profile. That's an ultrasound to look at practice breathing for 30 seconds on the baby, movement of the baby, tone of the baby's muscles, which is indicated by um, the seeing an arm flex and extend or seeing a leg flex and extend, okay, and fluid around the baby. We have to have at least a two centimeter pocket of fluid around the baby for us to say that, hey, this baby has less than a one in 4,000 chance of stillbirth, okay? So we test small babies to make sure we have that low chance of stillbirth. Additionally, we look at the blood flow through the umbilical cord to make sure we always have forward flow. We should never have the baby trying to give blood flow to the placenta. Should always be the placenta giving blood to the baby. If we see that phenomenon of the baby trying to save the placenta, that tells us, hey, we got to get out. That's a high risk of this baby passing away because this baby is trying to compensate for the lack of blood flow for the placenta, okay? Now, when we're talking about things you can do to alleviate stress, there's a lot of things you can do. And I know that one of our listeners has a question about that that we'll talk about later. But when we talk about how the high levels of stress can raise the blood pressure, the mechanism of action besides it actually causing an adrenaline rush is really not well understood. But we do know that if it's chronically sustained, then we have a higher risk of high blood pressure. People that have a higher risk of high blood pressure also have a higher risk of heart disease, underlying heart disease. And we know that people that have a higher risk of underlying heart disease also have an underlying risk of um, have a higher risk of preeclampsia. So if you know that we've talked about preeclampsia several times, because the whole reason I went into maternal fetal medicine or became a high risk obstetrician is because I had a cousin that passed away from complications of preeclampsia. So it's very near and dear to my heart. But anytime you have sustained elevated heart rate, sustained elevated blood pressure, that can increase your risk of heart disease, which can increase your risk of having preeclampsia, which also, in addition to increase your risk of having a smaller baby, can increase your risk of having to be delivered early as well, just because of preeclampsia, even if the baby is not small. Now, if you go back and listen to the episode on preeclampsia, you know that we do recommend low-dose aspirin to help reduce your risk of preeclampsia. 
Somebody did ask me, and this is not one of our questions, but somebody did ask me, if I'm stressed out, should I be on baby aspirin to help reduce my risk of preeclampsia just because stress can be a cause of elevated blood pressure? Well, the short answer is no, but usually people that do have chronic stress do have a higher rate of obesity because of higher stress levels that can cause you to have higher rate of cortisol, which causes you to have an increased risk of belly rate of belly fat. Um, so sometimes there's other things, other reasons why you should be on low-dose aspirin to try to reduce your risk of preeclampsia. But being stressed out alone is not one of those. But if you're concerned about developing that, you should talk to your OBGYN to see if you are someone that can be um, uh, that can benefit from aspirin to reduce your risk of preeclampsia. I know we've sort of gone off on a tangent a little bit, but like I say, that's near and dear to my heart. So I want to make sure I threw that plug in. Since you guys had so many questions about stress and how it relates to the pregnancy, um, instead of going to a lot of cases dealing with this topic, I'm going to go straight to your questions to answer your questions as opposed to our usual cases. And so this is a special episode because I also will give you case pearls, although it's no case, but I'll give you pearls for these questions as well. So medical intern, what's our first question? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I'm 22 weeks pregnant with my third pregnancy, but this will be my first child. I had two previous miscarriages at seven weeks and then at 15 weeks. So I'm stressed out. Because of this, I stress eat. My OBGYN told me I was gaining too much weight because I've already gained 28 pounds this pregnancy. What is the big deal about weight gain? My baby is at 62nd percentile, and I was told that that was perfect. So what's the risk to my baby? We talk about how much weight people should gain. So if you are average weight, meaning your BMI is somewhere between 20 and 25, then you should be gaining somewhere around roughly 25 pounds of weight, right? 25, 35 pounds. That's that's the recommendation. But if you are obese, I mean, your BMI is over, you, you have a BMI of 30 plus, right? Then you really should be gaining 11 to 20 pounds of weight. You've gained 28 pounds and you are only 22 weeks. So we got almost half the pregnancy still left to go. So, and we know that most people gain the gain majority of their weight in the third trimester and we haven't made it there yet. So your OBGYN told you, right, you are gaining a little bit too much weight and I am not the pound counter. I always tell people to eat when they're hungry, try to eat three meals and three snacks a day, right? You want to eat breakfast, a snack, lunch, a snack, dinner, and a bedtime snack. But if you are 28 pounds and you're 22 weeks, it's not that you're going to cause something detrimental to happen, but it, it increased weight gain is associated with a couple of things in pregnancy. One, overeating and rapid weight gain can be associated with an increased risk of gestational diabetes. So that's why the stress increases your eating if you're a stress eater, which can increase your risk of gestational diabetes. Now, we know people with gestational diabetes need to be monitored a little closer during the pregnancy. There's a higher rate of stillbirth in those that have uncontrolled gestational diabetes. So we need to make sure that your diabetes is very well controlled this pregnancy so that we don't have a poor outcome. There's also an increased risk of childhood obesity and early onset of diabetes in the child 
if that child is born to someone with uncontrolled gestational diabetes. So that's the, the negative with rapid weight gain in pregnancy and stress eating. So the biggest deal is that you have, are going to increase your risk of gestational diabetes. Now, mind you, there are some people that don't stress eat and still get gestational diabetes. There's people that have zero risk factors for gestational diabetes and still get gestational diabetes. So I don't want to scare you. But the point is we have to monitor you because we want to make sure that you're well controlled so that your risk of any poor outcome during this pregnancy and your risk of your baby having any long-term effects is going to be similar to that of everybody else that does not have gestational diabetes. So as long as you're controlled, you're good. But I would caution you and encourage you to find another outlet to de-stress and pace yourself when it comes to the weight gain. Um, so that you won't have an increased risk of gestational diabetes. Now, mind you, I don't know the rest of your history. I don't know if you have a family history of diabetes, which increases your risk of gestational diabetes. I don't know if you have obesity, which increases your risk of gestational diabetes or any other risk factors for or that negate the risk of gestational diabetes. But the weight gain in itself, I, I really encourage you to, to, to pace yourself. And you may want to um, do things like be a little bit more active. So if you feel like I'm not just stress eating, but I'm actually hungry, then take a walk around the block or make sure when you eat, you're not sitting for long periods of time. Stay active and move around so that you won't gain as much rate, uh, weight at the rate in which you're gaining it. Um, that would continue to increase the risk of gestational diabetes if you continue on the same path of weight gain. So the question pearl for this uh, is stress eating can lead to too much weight gain, which puts you at an increased risk of gestational diabetes. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. All right, medical intern, what's our next question? This one says, my baby daddy is constantly stressing me out. I have degenerating fibroids and he doesn't understand that I'm in real pain. He fusses at me and says, I'm taking advantage of being pregnant, which makes me feel awful. My mom said he is going to put me in preterm labor. Will stress increase my risk of going into labor? So there's a lot of information out there. Um, people think, don't tell pregnant women when something bad happens because you don't want to put them in a labor. I hear that all the time. Don't tell them the mom is diagnosed with cancer because they don't want to put them in the labor. Don't tell them that their cousin died because they don't want to get put in the labor. But you got to realize, like, y'all going to have to let these people know anyway, right? Pregnant women are still women. They're still people and you can't hide the information for prolonged periods of time. I do think there's a way in which information should be delivered, but you can't hide the information. There are some studies that say, hey, an increased risk of stress can put people at an increased risk of preterm labor. But the majority of the studies are talking about an increased risk of preterm birth, not the actual labor. And the increased risk of preterm birth 
is not because you stressed out, you go in the labor, your water breaks, but it's because you are chronically stressed out. Remember I talked about the difference between acute and chronic stress. Acute stress, somebody almost hit you. You're like, oh my God, let me pull off on the side of the road and breathe for a second, right? That situation passes. That's acute. Chronic, abusive relationship for a prolonged period of time. Um, chronic stress from racism. Chronic, meaning it's going to be going on for a long time. That has been associated with preterm birth rates. But the preterm birth rates are because of its link to high blood pressure and small babies. And we know that people that have high blood pressure needs have an increased risk of needing to be delivered early. And we know that people that have small babies also need have an increased risk of needing to be delivered early. So it's not that the stress is going to put you trigger labor. It's that the stress chronically will lead to having a smaller baby or the stress chronically will lead to having high blood pressure, which is linked to increased risk of preterm birth, okay? So with this, your baby daddy, if you've been with him for a long time and he's stressing you out for a long time, that could be chronic stress, which can put you at risk for preterm birth, okay? So we need to get counseling now because if he's stressing you out when this baby comes, babies are stressed. When you don't get sleep, that's a stressor, okay? If y'all get, if he's stressing you out now, when the baby comes, that's an added stressor. So you guys need to get counseling and work on this thing right now. And he needs to understand that degenerating fibroids is a real thing. It's painful. I guess I need to do an episode on degenerating fibroids because it's a real thing. It's not just like, oh, I have fibroids and here are all the risks with fibroids. But degenerating fibroids on a whole nother level, right? It's very painful. That's the number one symptom of degenerating fibroids is pain, okay? And obviously- it's, this pain is sometimes difficult to, to treat and different people have different approaches for treating degeneration. So let your baby daddy know and let him listen to this episode. You're in real pain. This is a real painful situation that you're going through, which can have some effects on the pregnancy. He don't, you don't, you already stressed because of the pain you're experiencing. He doesn't need to stress you out. So I would definitely let him listen to this episode. So he knows you're telling the truth. And also, Work on y'all's communication and the relationship because a baby is only going to add more stress to what sounds like an already stressed situation. The case pearl for this question is stress can increase your cortisol levels, but more research is needed to determine if it actually triggers labor. Right now, we know the linkage is not to preterm labor, but is to the actual preterm birth. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email questions. Yes. This is the last one. And it says, Dr. Plenty, I work a high stress job. I was told that stress can play a role in poor outcomes of pregnancy. I am currently 21 weeks pregnant now. What can I do besides counseling to reduce my stress in pregnancy? So I'm really glad that you mentioned counseling, right? Because I feel like honestly, everyone needs a counselor, not just people in pregnancy, but because pregnancy is such a, an anxiety-provoking state, I think everyone, specifically in pregnancy, can benefit from some sort of counseling during the pregnancy, okay? That's just number one. Um, number two, if you recognize that you have a high-stress job, I do think that it's beneficial with, if for anybody that has a high-stress job, anybody that has a job that they may beat themselves up about, anybody that 
has a job that when they lay down at night, they're replanning their day through their heads because they feel like they've messed up somebody's life or they're not sure how they've impacted somebody's life. Those are people that need counseling. If you're dealing with stress on your job every day because your job performance means a lot to a lot of different people and may affect a lot of different people's livelihoods or a lot of different people's lives, then I always will suggest counseling. But specifically, if we're not talking about counseling, in addition to counseling, I think there's a couple things that we need to work on. One, we need to work on sleep hygiene. When we are well-rested, We handle stress differently. People that are sleep deprived don't handle stress as well as people that have gotten good night's sleep. That's data proven, y'all. Sleep actually means a lot. So in pregnancy, you should be sleeping about 10 hours a night. You should be sleeping more during the pregnancy than when you're not pregnancy. Why? Because you are growing a tiny human and that takes a lot of energy to do. So you need to prioritize sleep. And in order to prioritize sleep, we have to figure out how to turn the rotating light bulb or light switch in your head off, okay? TV off at a certain time. Let's make sure our sheets are clean, okay? So we're sleeping on something that is fresh. Let's make sure we bathe or shower at nighttime, warm cup of milk at nighttime so that we are getting ourselves prepared to go to sleep. Set a bedtime. Stop taking your computer with you to bed, Okay, put it up, put the work up, wake up early if you need to and make sure you're going to bed on time because getting a good night's sleep changes your whole attitude and how you can deal with stress during the day. So sleep hygiene, number one thing that you can do. Two, delegate things. If you have a significant other, say, listen, I can't do X, Y, and Z anymore. Can you please help me with this? If you have family members that live around you, let them help you get prepared for the baby. Hey, can you guys help me help me move? Can you guys help me unpack? Can you guys help me pre-wash these baby clothes? Can you help me get the baby room set up? Lean on the support systems that you have. And guess what? If you're brand new in a city because you've left and went for a job, then one, ask that job if they can pay for relocation. And that job relocation should include unpacking. So you can pay people to help you unpack and do some things. If you're not new to a job and moving, if you have the financial resources, sometimes it's better to pay people to help you, period. Get an assistant to check some of these emails and clear out your inbox. Get somebody to come in and help you fold clothes. Get somebody to come in and clean your house. Order meal prep for your house so you won't have to cook every day. Throw some things in the crock pot so that you can have some crock pot meals for your family. Planning, planning, planning is key and leaning on that support system to help you with that planning and help you do some things. And if you don't have a support system and you have the financial means, hire some support to be your system, okay? Third recommendation I would say is to exercise. Exercise releases natural endorphins, which cause us to be happy and cause us to have a calming response. And I'm not talking about going to join CrossFit. Okay, when you're pregnant, you should not be over exercising, but some light aerobic activity. If you weren't doing a whole bunch of exercise before the pregnancy, this is not time to start a brand new exercise regimen now. So if you weren't exercising before the pregnancy, I recommend walking or some light aerobic activity like Zumba, okay, yoga, okay, swimming, not anything like weightlifting. We should start a new weightlifting regimen in pregnancy. 
if you were working out before the pregnancy and you were lifting, you can cut your weights down to 50% of what you were lifting um, until you're pretty much in the third trimester. And I tell people, everybody limit that, limit your weight to 10 to 15 pounds. I don't want you dropping a, a dumbbell on your belly. That would be horrible. So, um, and, and I also don't want you getting on equipment that moves when you don't move. So I hate treadmills. Treadmill is not your friend when you're pregnant. Your equilibrium is off. You'll fall and the treadmill is going to keep on going. Not smart to get on a lot of treadmills while you're pregnant, especially if you're not going to hold on to the side because you can get dizzy and you can fall and that can cause injury to your belly. We don't want that to happen. But some light aerobic activity, walk around the block with your family members, okay? Talk about the trees, quiz your toddler about the colors that they see, okay? Play a game. I spy with my little eye the color red, you know? They find what's red, okay? Make it fun, but take a light stroll outside if it's not too cold. If it's too cold where you are, um, or if you're listening to this, uh, you know, next summer for some reason, and it's too hot, do something like move around the house, okay? Move around the house. Don't sit down for about 15 minutes um, after eating um, so that you can keep your activity level up. Be intentional about doing like a walk in place video um, so that you can keep your activity level up. So exercise in some form of fashion can help release those natural endorphins to cause you to be happy. Um, the next tip I would give is to, to get you a hobby. It's sometimes you have to distract yourself, right? Like get something that excites you and that interests you, right? Start a blog, start a podcast like I did during the pandemic, you know, something to distract yourself. Learn how to crochet, pull up YouTube, type in, learn how to crochet. There's a million videos on that stuff. Learn how to crochet so you can have something to look forward to at the end of the day. Um, instead of stressing out about the things that's going on. And that can give you an outlet for your stress. And then I can't say enough, counseling, counseling, counseling um, is definitely recommended if you're in a high stress job. Um, so consider that. The case pearl for this question is prioritizing sleep and yourself can reduce stress during pregnancy. All right. I think that's all the questions we have for the day. And my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thank you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about stress and how it can affect your pregnancy. If you, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate, and don't forget to comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. You can also make sure to check out the website, which is www.drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sake, please catch up on seasons one, two, three, and now four of the podcast and share me with your friends. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening.
Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 